Hi there, and welcome to The Works. I'm Ben Peltier. And I'm Ben Che. This week, the new meets the old, and technology meets the supernatural, as we visit artistry for the exhibition Parade. Japan's Agency for Cultural Affairs brings the annual Japan Media Art Festival to Hong Kong for the first time. The Shoni Art Gallery celebrates its 20th anniversary with an exhibition covering three locations and featuring 50 of the contemporary Chinese artists that the gallery represents. And we'll have music in the studio as the Hong Kong Philharmonic's new concert master Igor Yusufovich tells us about his upcoming concert debut with the orchestra as a soloist. First though, this year's Business of Design Week ended on the 8th of December. The event presented 14 major programs, more than 100 international speakers, and attracted over 90,000 participants. Using architecture as a platform for better understanding of everything, relation to a cultural institution, for instance. Not making a barrier, but integrating the people living in the city or in the community means that you will have more respect for what is around you. Danish architect Bjorn Hammer was one of the speakers at this year's Business of Design Week. Denmark was the event's partner country, and the theme was Design Society Denmark. The Scandinavian architectural tradition has been described as democratic, welfare-conscious, sustainable, aesthetic, and socially responsible. That's a platform for identification, to have identity. That's a platform for making uh, safe areas where people can, can be safe, so to speak. Um, and all that kind of levels means that you as a person have a um, more responsible attitude, then you can be a part of a democracy. In 2006, Hammer designed the City of Westminster College in London, located in the heart of the city. The campus is open to the public and not just for casual visits. The college's hall and canteen can become a community theater, exhibition hall, or cafe during non-teaching hours. These facilities are located next to the main entrance before the security turnstiles. Leonardo da Vinci, he made his uh, mankind. Um, later on, uh, Le Corbusier did the same, more or less. Uh, it was about measuring everything from the human scale. Uh, we do the same. Uh, adding all the values about the society uh, where we are, our humans are part of society. Relationships between other people, uh, trust, belief, safetyness, etc. Another project by Hammer, the International Criminal Court in The Hague, breaks away from the conventional heaviness, dullness, and strict security of a court with much use of transparent materials and greenery. Our way of defining this project was that it's a building for the global community, for humans all over the world, not at least for the victims and for their families. So we have to give them trust, belief, or a hope in the future. Currently under construction, Hammer's urban media space in the Danish city of Aarhus is the largest public library in the city. The heptagon will contain the media house administration and offices for rent. The glass building below is transparent and allows passers-by to see what's going on in the building. Pedestrians and cyclists can walk and bike through the ground floor. The bicycle is relatively popular in Denmark. 
About 38% of the population are cyclists. The Hövding cycling helmet, said to use technology from space programs, was awarded the 2011 Index Award. To any city in the world, biking is a very good thing. It lowers pollution, it raises the health standard of the city, uh, it lowers noise, all that stuff. One of the only disadvantages of biking is injuries to your head when you bike and you fall. Uh, but many people do not use bike helmets. So these two Swedish girls came up with a concept, a full new concept of protecting your head while biking. And that's basically something you wear, like a scarf around your neck. But then if you fall on your bike, it inflates like an airbag and protects your head. Index, designed to improve life, is a Danish non-profit organization that inspires, educates and engages people to design sustainable solutions to global challenges. Designs are invited to compete for the Index Award every year. Winners receive help in promoting and finding funds to produce their design. The winners range from high technology innovations to simple and basic ideas for infant rescue in developing countries. Denmark is a very old democracy and Denmark is a very old uh, welfare state. We have, we have an extensive uh, welfare state in Denmark. Uh, and, and I think that that has become part of our genes to think about not only a, a little group of elite people, but always think about the general public and, and how we can make life better for everyone. For men. The way it is today with a few corporations deciding which movies go to the cinema, basically who is telling what stories for which people, I think that it's not a very democ democratic way of working with stories because we need many stories for many people. Swedish writer and filmmaker Hannah Skjold released her first movie, Nasty Old People, in 2009. It's about a member of a neo-Nazi gang whose day job is to take care of four old people who are just waiting to die. Skjold premiered the movie in a cinema in Sweden, but she also released it via the Pirate Bay file-sharing site at the same time. She's released part of the copyright to the public so people can download and remix it for non-commercial usage. The idea about to own an idea, you know, it's like, how can you really own an idea from the beginning? Everything comes from everybody. Also, we are also a collective. We are not only individuals, we are a collective, and all the stories come from all of us together. So it should be available for everyone. For her second project, Granny's Dancing on the Table, Skjold has invited the public to create a script with her via social media. Members of the public have sent her many stories, which she wants to combine into a movie, exhibition and media games. Social media is not the answer. The answer is to have relationships with people in the audience. I mean, to not look at people as only consumers of products, 
but to look at people as partners and people that you can have a relationship with and share your I mean, as a director, director be um, share share your personal thoughts, share your vulnerability, your process to be transparent, and so on. This is this is the key, I think. If you're looking for something to do over the Christmas and New Year holidays at Artistry until January the sixth, you can see the exhibition Parade: Invisibles in Japanese Media Arts. It's the first time the Japan Media Arts Festival has come to Hong Kong. The exhibition focuses on how Japanese culture has given visual form to invisible spirits in nature and mythology, and how the newer contemporary media are carrying the tradition forward. This scroll is called Night Parade of Hundred Demons. Since ancient time, uh, because of these uh, animistic beliefs, the people believes after 100 years, every object, like furniture and instruments, those objects start to have some spirit. And that kind of uh, awareness or beliefs, uh, at least shared not only in Japan, but also throughout Asia. The format of the scroll, this is really uh, long because it's expanded, but the original size is also more than seven meters. And uh, in all the time, people doesn't see the, everything in, at once because it's really long. So people see it like this, like by scrolling, and that's really an ancient format of a film or animation, how you make a sequence. Welcome back. The Shoni Gallery has been championing contemporary Chinese art for 20 years now. From now until early February, it's presenting a 20th anniversary exhibition called Latitude Attitude. The exhibition, curated by Huang Du, presents paintings, sculptures, photography, new media, and installations by 50 of the most influential, established, and emerging contemporary Chinese artists. Our gallery has experienced a lot in the 20 years. We've had a lot of ups, we've had a lot of downs, but we've managed to always overcome our problems. I mean, a lot of it is really a tribute to my father's contribution, and I hope one day to my own contribution to Chinese contemporary art. Nicole Shoni took over the Shoni Arts Gallery in May 2004, shortly after the death of her father and the founder of the gallery, Manfred Shoni. The gallery was one of the pioneers in promoting contemporary Chinese arts to the international market. Nico 那么通过研究一个画廊的成长，这个画廊跟中国的
现代艺术发展的这个运动是什么关系，以及跟中国社会的这种发展什么关系。You know, 20 years ago, when my father was visiting their studios, they were in the Yuemingyuan village, a lot of the avant-garde artists. And at the time, they were actually suffering quite a lot financially and really trying to make ends meet. I mean, if you go to their studio today, you know, of course, they are like mansions. But 20 years ago, they had really small studios where they lived and worked in. So my father was one of the few um, galleries who were actually going to the artist studios at the time and buying artworks up front. And I think it, it came because my father himself came from a very humble background. Even though he was a businessman, he was also a very compassionate man. So he always put their needs as well in front. And that's why he helped a lot of artists to finance actually their livelihood. And as he helped to promote them, they became more wealthy and more established. So. Li Guijin graduated from the Central Academy of Fine Arts in Beijing in 1988. He is one of the artists who rose to prominence with the help of Manfred Schoenig. This女孩拿着一杯红酒,她是当时感触很深,因为我们从小中国的大陆的人的生活没有一个喝红酒啊,抽雪茄啊这样的这种习惯,那么怎么样我开始接触红酒呢,完全是因为这个奢尼画廊
Igor Yusufovich has been the Hong Kong Philharmonic's concertmaster since January this year. Born in Moscow, he began his violin studies at the age of five and was soon accepted into the Nesson Music School, where he studied with Irina Svetlova. Since 1991, he has lived in the United States, where he became assistant concertmaster of the Baltimore Symphony. In January, he's stepping out in front of the orchestra as a soloist. He is here now with Ben Pelletier. Uh, you have a, a special concert coming up with the Philharmonic. You're not only the concertmaster coming up in January, but the soloist as well. That's right. What can you tell me about that concert? Well, it's one of the concerts I'm very much looking forward to, of course. Uh, I get to wear uh, several different hats, if you will. Uh, I'll be featured as uh, the soloist in two pieces for violin and orchestra. Uh, very interesting, very different pieces. Uh, and I'll also lead the second half of the program with the Brahms First Symphony. Now, your concert's on uh, the first week of uh, January, two shows and two different pieces, as you mentioned. What are the two pieces you're going to play? Uh, the, two, the two pieces are back-to-back, -back and uh, we'll start off with uh, Chasson's Poem, uh, and, uh, which will be followed by Ravel's Tzigan. So two, you could say, uh, very romantic and uh, boisterous pieces, if you will. Uh, but uh, the poem is an incredibly lush and romantic, uh, melodic uh, piece where uh, the Tigan is, as the name suggests, is representative of uh, a gypsy and uh, has a lot more pyrotechnics for the violin and a lot more flair. You're, you're here now based in Hong Kong, but prior to Hong Kong, you've really been right, right around the globe. Yeah, well, you know, as musicians, we're, we're pretty much nomads. Uh, we go where the music is. Uh, and that's one of the one of the beauties of, of our lives. Uh, it's the stage is international for us if, if we choose to make it so. Uh, and uh, I was born in, in Moscow in Russia and grew up there till I was about 12 years old uh, and uh, had a chance even uh, back then to travel a bit uh, around the former Soviet Union. Uh, but uh, once the once my family moved to the United States in 91, uh, I was quite lucky and got hooked up with an orchestra that did quite a bit of traveling. Uh, so it was a wonderful opportunity to, to see the world and to experience it from the musician's perspective, which is really, really interesting. What piece would you like to do for us here in the program? Well, I think I'll play a little bit of the opening of the Tsigan. Uh, it's, uh, it starts out with this really boisterous violin solo, uh, basically telling the story of a gypsy walking through a forest and uh, telling a little bit about his, his life in a nomadic kind of way. I'm looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. 